Kombucha Zest have a unique brewing process, which does not just produce any old kombucha. With over 18 flavors being crafted by their super team, they not only have the best tasting kombucha, but I personally love that you can go and have a hands-on um, you know, experience where you can head to your local market or cafe and refill your bottles or get a glass and, and enjoy it that way as well. Their kombucha is full of health benefits, like all great ferments, including detoxifying through gluconic acids and probiotics, those good bugs in your gut, boosting energy with enzymes and B vitamins, and giving you mental clarity from all of the antioxidants. The perfect replacement for uh, that afternoon coffee or sugar craving, you know, if, you, if you're wanting a chocolate fix, kombucha is perfect. I recommend you try it. For me, uh, getting on board with local, innovative, and colorful people and companies, the Kombucha Zest Boys and Girls, um, it's, it's really a highlight of my job, and I'm so excited to have them on board. They allow me to bring you the Naked Naturopaths. So I encourage you to get on their website. It's kombuchazest.com, and check out their beautiful, beautiful ferment products and try them today. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. My name is Melissa Gearing, and I am the Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Naked Naturopath. Today, I'm super excited to get a fermenting friend in to have a chat. I have today with me Jane Jenkinson from the Whole Food Family. Welcome, Jane. Hi. Thanks for coming in. Welcome. You've come all the way into the clinic and you've brought some amazing donations for the book launch party on Saturday night. And I want to win one, but I don't (laughs) think I'm allowed to enter. But um, yeah, thanks so much for coming in and um, welcome to the Naked Naturopath. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. We, uh, we always are talking fermenting, and obviously with the new book coming out, fermenting is on everybody's, tip of everyone's tongue. Um, and anyway, right, it's such a trend at the moment. It is. Yeah. How did you get into it? Um, so fermenting, a lot of it started from a flavor profile. So we've been a foodie family forever. So fermenting was something we would eat and like um, enjoy the flavors, but it wasn't something we were necessarily making. I have a 13-year-old now. When he was four, we did a microbiome test. And it came back topsy-turvy. So everything mm-hmm. that should have been good was bad and everything that should have been not there was flourishing. Yeah. Um, so we had to throw ourselves into research and looking into what is the microbiome, what the heck is gut health. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a little while ago now. Yeah. So we're coming on to 10 years now because he was wow. only four. Yeah. Yeah. So almost 10 years. So there weren't really books. There weren't mm. gone see. There were no lessons online. There was nothing available. So it was... I had to import a probiotic from Germany. Wow. I had to learn how to keep it there, so how to feed the, pro- the prebiotics for the probiotic. Oh, my gosh. Um, I had to learn how to ferment just everything from scratch. Yeah, um, cool. So there was a lot of, lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of playing, a lot of really bad experiments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still have them. Yeah. <laughs> but we just fell in love. I think the, the change in him was amazing, but also the flavors that came out we just, as a family, loved. So my hubby's from um, Europe. Cool. His family's got, um, you know, deep roots in, in the Eastern Europe area. So he grew up with all that sour flavours. So for him, it was like coming home. And I've always loved food. So it was just, it just fitted in our yeah. family. And our kids love it. Um, and we just went from one thing to the next. And the only thing that, well, a couple of things we really struggled to, I suppose, make well. One was kvass, which is like a beetroot ferment. Um, and then 
couple of other things we kind of struggled a bit. Kombucha and our family just doesn't like mm. each other. I think it's <laughs> that style of, of yeast and histamine doesn't work well for yeah, them. Yeah. But everything else they tend to just take to like a gut, gut yeah. water. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I have so much input there on so many different levels. <laughs> I guess I'll start with the kombucha thing because there's some research coming out that people are drinking so much kombucha it's putting their natural microbiome out. And because of that yeast, it's actually um, – you know, imbalancing a lot of our natural yeasts and it's not um, the same as some of the non-colonizing yeasts in the probiotics. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's actually causing ill health. Totally. It dominates. So, yeah. 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 Super but interesting. It's like, I think we, the way I explain it to, to customers and clients is that you've got to treat your microbiome a bit like a, a garden in a rainforest. You have to plant lots of different things. Mm-hmm. So you want to eat as big a variety as you can and not just do one thing just doing one thing is going to cause a disturbance um, and you won't be happy. Absolutely. So it's about moderation. diversity, isn't totally, it? Totally, yeah. And even with the probiotics that we do here in clinic, I'm always about food as much as we can, but sometimes you need that therapeutic dose of probiotics. Mm-hmm. We swap between the brands. You swap between the, you know, the strains, the yeah. families. Like it's so important that people don't take the same probiotics yeah. for years on end. Exactly. Because it will imbalance all the all the other guys. If they're not doing the other things, like you can have yogurt every day, mm. but you need to have other things. Yeah. You need to vary things. Just like you wouldn't just eat a carrot, you would yeah. have other vegetables. People go orange. Yeah, they will. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so... I often, when I'm talking fermenting and, you know, like do a couple of classes here at Verve and stuff like that, I'm telling people how, as Australians, this is really foreign to us. And you would have found that, I guess, you know, having a hubby who is from Europe, it was awesome. Um, And if I have a European in the, in the, you know, class, they're usually like, I hate sauerkraut. I grew up on it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's really, uh, it's a flavor profile that our, our taste buds aren't used to. I'm often, you know, coaching people around to it. Yeah. So Beatrix Cavass, which is, you know, you're kind of famous for, tell me a bit more about that and how you came to choose that as a ferment and what it is because lots of people, I guess, have no idea. Yeah, it's quite an unknown drink. I think most people understand sauerkraut, kefir, kimchi and kombucha. They're like the four main things. Um, Cavass is getting a bit of um, pull now. People are are starting to understand that. But Cavass comes from Eastern Europe. More in your kind of Ukrainian, Polish areas. So beetroots are something that go growing um, really readily over there and you want to preserve the harvest. So they'll make the kvass and then they use the beetroots from the kvass in to make their borscht soup, which has like a sour hit in the beetroot soup. Yeah. For us, we're reading um, a book by Sandor Katz. Sandor Katz is an amazing American fermenter. He's like a guru in fermenting and really old school. Everything's traditional. Everything's like just give it a crack, you'll be fine. Um, he's not about the science he's more about the food preservation and that real upheaval in the food system and making sure everything's like mega local um and keeping those traditions so reading his book he speaks about kvass and the benefits for b vitamins and helping people with cancer and supporting pregnancy and just general thriving in life and we're like we just want this stuff so we like right we're gonna make it follow the recipe here we go and we made like a liter of congealed blood (laughs) <laughs> so it was it, it glued out of the jar yeah. into a cup and we're like this is right this is thick so we got okay you try it first then you try it first um and it was it was not pleasant um wasn't off it just was congealed yeah like really thick so beetroot has that capacity to thicken anything that's in gets quite syrupy and, and gloopy so we persisted and it probably was two years of making kvass and trying different things different beetroots different salt levels different types of water 
um, different kinds of beetroots in terms of like the variety of the actual mm-hmm. beetroot mm-hmm. and then the soil that it's been grown in. So mm-hmm. we've gone like really trying to make this stuff work because the more we researched, the more we kind of went, this is really something we want in our lives. Yeah. Two years later, so I teach a lot of workshops. In one of the workshops, it was like a um, it was run over, oh, must have been six weeks or something, I think, the course. And mm-hmm. we were right at the end of the course and I finally got Kavas done. And I walked into the workshop, I'm like, I've got it, it's done. And I was like, oh, my God. And so that was it. That's where our company really started because everyone at the class was so excited. They're like, I'm just buying it. I'm not even going to try. I don't really want to make it. I'm buying yours. And then the shops that we're friends with are like, hey, can we stock your kvass? And it just grew like wildfire. So we have stores all through um, the state and we're now online and we have a purpose-built facility called the Kvassaria so where cool. we make kvass. And it's I really just want to visit. I, I desperately want to visit. It's just so, <laughs> so echoey. So for yeah. podcasting is bad, but for this is perfect. <laughs> and your company, the Whole Food Family, yeah. um, what else are you making? Like you've got your kvass, which is solid. Yeah. So the kvass is our main staple. So we have the, the straight tonic, which is a 50 more shot that you take. Mm-hmm. And then we have sparkling kvass, which is my like favorite. So yeah. that's like a, a bigger drink you can have. Then we have your traditional sauerkrauts, um, kimchi. We also do gut shots. So yeah. really try to minimize our waste and things that get thrown away. Are so, these new, the gut shots? Well, I mean, I've seen them a few weeks ago. But. Yeah, so they've been around for uh, probably six months. Okay. But I'm on a slow. small scale. So yeah. we've been at the farmer's market, which is where we test our products. Yeah, cool. The farmer's market is always the first place to have something. If it moves, we go, great, let's upscale. If it's not moving or we get interesting feedback, then we tweak and change yep. so that's a great little testing place for us um so the gut shots are now in scoop whole food stores um mama p is going to be taking them on really soon um and then core espresso they've just got a little mini bar fridges so they've just put it into um the movement collective awesome which is brilliant so they're around town now you can access them they are little power packs of 50 mil um shots which are derived from the ferments we make. So you get a, a kraut one from our sauerkraut, so it's literally straight sauerkraut. So it's the liquid off your... Off the ferment. Yeah, off your kraut. Yeah, so when sauerkraut ferments, it releases all its juices from the cabbage and that's what helps it ferment. Yeah, that's so what has most of that probiotic density. Totally yeah. yeah, and yeah. people who are going through a GAPS healing mm-hmm. protocol, they have to start on sauerkraut juice. Mm-hmm. They can't go straight that's into That's how we start bubbers as well, like, totally. you know, and, and people exactly. who have been on serious antibiotics yeah. or been really unwell, chemo and stuff like yeah. that, yeah, just start on that juice. Yep. tablespoon teaspoon yep exactly and build up from there and i've been selling the sauerkraut juice to those clients for a good couple of years yeah, okay. who they know there's a few guts practitioners who know what we do and we sell it directly to them but it's now much more widespread so sauerkraut juice and then we have the same for the kimchi juice and then we have pickle juice as well so we make a seasonal pickle depends on what's around as to what we make and then that gets um dried up as well so that's pretty, awesome shots so lots of people when i'm you know telling them about fermenting or they're reading in the book they think that when you do a sauerkraut or a kimchi you add that water mm. yeah so you know that's not always the case right if you have that beautiful cabbage sure if you need to add some that's fine but if you have yeah. that beautiful cabbage it makes its own juice people exactly. are always shocked by that so you massage 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 breaking down all exactly that. releases yeah. its own liquid yeah yeah releasing its own liquid and that's what your gut shots are yeah that's awesome yeah. how spicy is the kimchi one so kimchi <laughs> chili is a 
when I dry it, I take out the sinew and the seeds mm-hmm. and dry it. So it's more like a hot paprika than it is a chili chili. Yeah, cool. It's got a little bit of spice, but a lot of the heat actually comes from the ginger and the garlic mm. than the actual chili. So you get a flavor of chili, but the heat really is ginger and garlic. And you're using shallots. You get that onion kind of. So we have, um, yeah, the, yeah, the spring onions go through yeah. it as well. Yeah, cool. So a bit of an onion kick yeah. in there. We That's probably pulled back a bit because a little bit goes a really long way yeah. in the kimchi. So we've probably toned down that. We have daikon and carrot. Beautiful. So the carrot picks up a sweetness. Mm. We don't add fish sauce, so our kimchis are all vegan, vegan? just yeah. because it's, it's so much easier. But yeah, vegan and <laughs> unnecessary too. Like you can put some um, – you could even just put some seaweed flakes in or if, if you – Salt comes with seaweed flakes, you know, lots of them yeah, do now, so that's a good do. way to do it. But that flavour is generally pretty cool even without it. You yeah. don't need it. It is. It's beautiful. Mm. So we just find for us it's easier to keep everything vegan. Yeah. Um, kids at home, they love it with the fish sauce. Yeah. So fine, <laughs> they have it. And have the little baby um, shrimps they put in sometimes. Yeah, They make a home one, but that's, you know. Yeah. They I did one with um, Benito flakes a little while ago. That was good. Yeah. 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 It just added a different kind of layer there. Yeah. But, yeah. No, cool. So, kimchi, sauerkraut, you're doing like the seasonal pickles. Yeah. Tell me, we were talking a little bit about your pickles that you've just done uh, yeah, with the garlic. garlic. Yes, yeah, so it's called a garlic scape. So garlic we scape. Buy, we have a friend called uh, Four Acre Farm is their farm. Cool. And a garlic scape is the little shoot that comes out of the garlic. It's quite twirly-whirly that will grow the flower, and it has a really short life And when it comes out of the plant. You've got like a two-week period to harvest it um, from when it shoots out to when it goes kind of woody and so if you can pick it in that time and then you ferment it you get this really beautiful like asparagus grassy mild garlic flavored ferment and they're long a bit like a snake bean like really nice and long you can use them as like straight twirled onto dishes as like a display thing or cut them up finely and toss through salads um, I made a dip for the kids the other day just with cashew nuts Yum. and dill and the garlic scapes. Beautiful. So you get really mild, nice garlic mm. here, but yeah, a bit of grassy. It'd be really nice service. in the hummus, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's your um, pickle at the so moment. So that's the current seasonal mm. pickle. So our seasonal pickles are quite small batch, um, very local, very seasonal, um, as, much, you know, as much as we can get. There's daikons, baby daikons that I got fermenting at the yeah. moment. One of them's in a beetrooty coloured mm. rind. And one and is one, yellow. Yeah. One well the yellow one's a turmeric. Oh jar, yeah. And the other one's in a kimchi. So they they've done um in a method called backslopping, which is the most terrible word ever. <laughs> <laughs> backslopping essentially is grabbing all that like you said in the sauerkraut juice, grabbing all the probiotic rich brine from a ferment you've already done and using it to kick start a new one. So by kick starting a new ferment with that extra brine, it lowers the pH really fast, which stops pathogens and things getting in allows the ferment to kick along and get in that happy kind of microbial place really mm. fast um, and gives you a really nice sour kick really quite quickly. Cool. So it's really fun. As a fermenter, you would know that we're kind of always experimenting, right? And yeah. as my clients get more confident with it, I see them experimenting and that's so exciting for me because then I know that they've got that confidence yeah. and they're just going to, you know, try stuff. Yeah. But I actually did um, some like a Christmas kraut this yeah. year. So I did purple cabbage, green cabbage, um, but then I did all the sultanas and apricots from my kefir water yep. and topped it up with a little bit of kefir water as well. Interesting. I haven't tried it yet. So <laughs> I don't know how it looks okay, but I've actually had to keep it in this um, box, you know, like a, a box because reactive. it's so active. Yeah. It's so lively. Yeah. It's just fizzing away, yeah. even though the lids are still on. Yeah. Um, so I'm really interested. I'm going to try it this it's week. interesting to see how fast it ferments and whether your cabbage goes a bit 
soggy. Yes, and too far. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. So I'm going to try them this week. I only made them like a week and a half ago mm. and I can see how alive they are and then I'll just fridge it and yeah. yeah. But funny. there's some things you just, you play I with. I just had to try it. I was like, I wonder if that kefir water can ferment my cabbage <laughs> quicker. Yeah, yeah. Differently, you know, it's going to have a sweetness. I did a bit of orange zest. Yeah bits and pieces like that yeah. so I was like hmm have a gonna... yeah it's a great thing fermentation as long as you've got the basic rules down pat so you keep you know oxygen away from it and you you make sure it's submerged in brines you're using like really good nice fresh produce that hasn't been um like bag sprayed so you know how now in supermarkets you buy pre-shredded cabbage and things like that in plastic yeah, bags yep. that stuff is sprayed mm. and it's sprayed so then it doesn't go off and look yucky in the bag because then you're not going to want to buy it it's spray the stuff that's going to kill the microbes. So if you're then trying to harness microbial activity with cement, it's not going to work. But buying whole cabbages and as local and as, you know, least sprayed and, and you know, as mm. organically grown as possible, play because it, that's how all of this started. It started from someone going, hey, if I do this with this, how is that going to work? Yeah. The story goes for kimchi is that currently when they were building the Great Wall of China, somehow there was a hole and some dude stuck some cabbages down the hole, as you do. <laughs> it was cold and they ended up with cabbages down, they went away, came back after quite a long period of time, and when the first cabbage got taken out, all the other cabbage underneath had fermented rather than going rotten. So they hadn't um, putrefied, they had fermented. And apparently that's how kimchi started, was yeah, from right. this whole hole in the Great Wall of China. So when <clears> Genghis <throat> Khan then moved from China all the way through Europe with them and with the, um, the tartans, they brought this kimchi that's um, awesome. with them, yeah. Because traditional kimchi, like I've seen, um, we've gone to, we loved going to Japan, and they always ferment the whole cabbage on its own first yes. and then add the rest of the kimchi ingredients. Mm. It's a really interesting way to do it because I was always taught to put it all in, you know, like prepare the cabbage, give it a massage, the, you know, your, um, what type of cabbage? Wamboki kind yeah. of thing, and then add your carrot, add your, you know, daikon, whether it's pickled or not already, add your garlic, add your ginger, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Put your chili in. Boom, mm. put it in a jar. But they always ferment the whole cabbage on its own first and then chop it up, add the rest. Like it's really interesting. Yeah, so, and everyone does ways it differently. Do it. So Korea has way over 200 different types of kimchi recipes. Wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> a long different. Like it's like, a bit like our Christmas cake recipe. Yeah, right? you know, yeah. You've got so many different types. And it can go from the plain cabbage, you can have white kimchi, you can have the ones that are quartered in the whole or they're really chopped up mm. or done on like radish shoots. And every province will have a slight variation. So they might use raw beef or raw oysters or raw squid to wow. add to it. Um, and it's just changed. So even cabbage itself, like the wombok cabbage, mm. is a new addition to kimchi. Yeah, right. So back, way back when, it used to be uh, like a local eggplant that they would add because they didn't have womboks. That's amazing. Yeah, so the, the history of these ferments is amazing. And yeah. it evolves from people experimenting and playing. And you might go, that's terrible. I'm never doing that again. Or, oh, my God, that's amazing. I mean, you say each province kind of has its own uh, take on it, and that's very much because, like, um, for a lot of those people, these foods are what's available and how can we keep it fresh to survive. Exactly, and they would um, you'd make it together in your, you know, families and generations together, make big batches of it into an earthenware pot, literally dig a hole in your backyard and bury it for a whole season. Yeah. So it was kept at a nice temperature, and then you would eat last season's, in Japan, they would have a, a crock going um, like under their sink in their house and they will take veggies out and add veggies to the pot always, which is like the backslop thing, yeah. but in a different kind of way where you constantly add things to the same pot. So it would be this one fermenting pot that constantly had things added to it. I mean, the, the methods of fermenting around the world are so amazing and every mm. country has got some sort of ferment, like every single culture has got a ferment. What about us? So Aboriginals did, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. They cool. did, which, you know, that's. 
it's something that gets lost and something that's really frustrating that it's there and it's amazing, but we come, you know, decimate and take mm-hmm. over and these things get lost, which is why I think revival and these conversations and these teachings are so vital because it gets passed on. Yeah. And if you can like get your kids passionate about it, mm-hmm. they're gonna pass it on and, and they stay, you know, they stay alive. alive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And there's so many benefits there. It's not just that, that kimchi or that that sauerkraut has a beneficial um, they didn't even know, you know. It, that it tasted good. It tasted good. Preserved their harvest. Preserved. And, and you I know, you know how you survive. It probably did keep them healthy. Yeah. Um, but also the joy that you get from doing something that's, you know, been passed down from your grandparents, you know, from your parents yeah. and, and, and carrying that legacy on, you know, and sharing yeah. it with your kids. Like there's so much joy there. And we know that that feeds your microbiome when you are happy. It does. It does. <laughs> so there's so many good things there. There are so many. And in, in the workshops I run, I tell people, look, when you go to do this, when you go to ferment a sauerkraut or make a kimchi or whatever it is, Grab some friends, like yeah. get a community together yeah. because if you can get 20 cabbages and do it all together, this was meant to be done in a community. Like you're meant to gather. And we've lost that so much now in that we don't have the gatherings of the men or the mm. women in groups. Mm. You know, years gone by, we would all gather and all preserve the harvest together. And that's when you'd learn who's eligible, who's been a shit, you know, <laughs> how, to, how to give birth, yeah. you know, what what's breastfeeding, all these kind of things you'd learn while making you know, your sauerkrauts and stuff, and you would learn all these great things and nothing would be taboo. So these young girls would learn through the cheer chats of the women that birthing's normal, breastfeeding's normal, this mm. is what happens, and sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's not. And I think it was really like a really healthy um, environment and community. Which it's beautiful. so much now. Yeah, absolutely. So bring your friends to craft. Together. One of the most common things that I hear from my new mums is that nobody told me. Yes. Nobody told me that this would happen or that this would happen, and yeah. you know, um, it's yeah, it's it's shocking for them, yeah, and difficult yeah. Uh, when you and don't lonely. know. Yes, very lonely, very lonely. Yeah, because you don't know who to ask, and so often, like the the next generation up, like our parents, wouldn't talk about that. Mm. You wouldn't talk about birth or afterbirth pains or placenta or things like mm. that. It just wasn't discussed. Yeah, so they didn't talk about it with their friends, and therefore didn't pass it on to their daughters. Yeah, and so now we're kind of like, I don't know. No one told me, so therefore. Am I meant to talk about it? Am mm-hmm. I not meant to talk about and it? And then we have this huge uprising of postnatal stuff. Yeah. Which is um yeah, what what I'm, you know, dealing with. <laughs> dealing with personally, but also dealing with in the clinic. Yeah, because that's exactly. just it's just so the norm now that we yes. are running to the ground, lonely, overwhelmed, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. fermenting is medicine in so many ways. So many ways. So many ways. Yeah. It's like, and we say that to people when they try the kvass at the farmer's market, that it's happy juice. Yeah. It has so many good things in there that feed your microbiome and feed your hormones. And your nervous system. You mentioned B vitamins. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And feeds those hormones, like increases libido. Yeah. You know, all those great things that you require to function. I love that you mentioned that um, pregnancy and breastfeeding and all this stuff, I uh, get asked very often can people have fermented food while they're pregnant and breastfeeding yeah. and in my head I'm like why the hell wouldn't you but there's a there's a some kind can, of some you can't I think, yeah. though, I think there's some that are like beneficial and feed like nurturing a plant that's growing and others that look the risk is minimal but you wouldn't want to overindulge so I think with everything yes and no so um to you know take of us because I guess what we talk about so much, it's amazing for pregnancy. It's like a blood tonic. helps to feed the placenta and carry the blood well, carry the oxygen through the muscles. It helps to strengthen that placenta and do amazing things for that growth of the baby. So kvass is amazing for pregnancy. However, 
feature is really detoxifying. You want to stick with the dose that we put on the bottle. You want to drink, you know, 50 mils mm. once or twice a day. You don't want to drink mm. a 750 mil bottle in one go when you're pregnant because it will detoxify. The last thing you want to do when you're pregnant is to release all the toxins from your body and flush them through the baby. Mm-hmm. So you want to be careful. So everything, <clears throat> I think, in moderation. If you're guzzling kombucha, that's never going to be a good thing. If you're guzzling kombucha, you know, kombucha has a the caffeine content, yeah, as well. So you know, High whether you want that, as well. yeah, yeah. So I think everything in moderation have have the probiotics. They're amazing for you, amazing for baby. But you may maybe chat with people about what you're having and when you're having it, um, as opposed to just going, oh, a little bit's good, therefore a lot must be fantastic. Lots of people do that with um, kombucha and kefir water. Yeah, definitely. Um, Food-wise, there's, you know, I can't think of any real issues with people having sauerkrauts and kimchi and things like that during pregnancy, breastfeeding, as long as, like you said, they don't overdo it. Eat a kilogram of it. No. (laughs) And if you do, do, they go, oh, it's delicious. My yeah. body loves it. I yeah. feel amazing on it. I'm going to eat some more. And then and you eat a whole jar and you're like, oh, my God. The other thing is if you've never had it before and you do start during pregnancy or breastfeeding or something like, or even if you are unwell or have been unwell and you think, all right, I need to get this sorted, you look up fermented food, you start having it. If you go too hard too fast, you're always going to have that diet effect. Exactly. And, and everyone's you don't feel great. That is. <laughs> yeah. Some people, they get a headache. Some people might feel like they've been hit by the flu. Other people might be really quite sick. It depends yeah. on how out of balance their mm-hmm. system is we're mm-hmm. talking about rainforest before mm-hmm. if you're planting a garden or a rainforest in your backyard you want all different trees and shrubs if you've always just had grass just always grass grass is there the whole time you come in you go right i'm going to plant i don't know like eucalyptus trees and you just plant them everywhere the grass is going to die and it's going to be really unhappy and that mm-hmm. you'll feel that grass mm-hmm. dying so you've got to be gentle Love and it. slow and yeah easy yeah, yeah be kind to your body always always be kind (laughs) so yeah i just think oh it's so great i think we should be teaching more australians to do it uh and spreading that word and spreading that love because that's what commending is all about and where can people find your stuff so we have listeners all over australia and some even all over the world awesome if they're not in newcastle okay so newcastle is obviously where we are so you can find us locally and and hook up with us but we have Arkavas in all scoop, scoop whole food stores, so they're all around Australia. We cool. also have an online store, so people can go on and we can ship it straight to cool. their door. Um, or if you own a whole food store and you want to stock it, we can, you know, courier kegs anywhere in Australia. Um, we don't yet send overseas, okay? But we get there, yeah, yeah, totally. Wait for it to blow up, yeah, exactly. Awesome. So we're um, we're working on it. But as far as learning goes, there's recipes on my website. Um, yeah, for you're very things. generous, very generous with your recipes. Much so posting that I should be posting, but that's you know, <laughs> but you know, it's all it is, it's about sharing, isn't it? Like, it I've is. got the key for water on mine and a few different other recipes as yeah, well because yeah. it's you want to share this, you it's do. not something you want to keep for yourself and hoard, and no, you know, yes. like, there's no point. The way someone asked me really early on, just saying, Well, you have all this information, all this knowledge. Why don't you, you know, put it into something and then, you know, it's your, um, like, intellectual property. You've got to mm. hold it close. I'm like, it's not knowledge I don't think is mine to hold and, and keep just to me. Knowledge is to be shared. So mm. if I know something that's going to benefit someone else, then, you know, who am I to hold that away from people? The only reason we have it all now is because it was shared. Exactly. Yeah. 
And through experimentation. <laughs> through lots of experimenting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. We're so much more lucky now. There's so much more resources out there. Yeah, I can't imagine a decade ago for oh, you. It must so have been really hard. It was, but now there's so many passionate yes. people who do things really, really well. Yeah. I will say, if you're researching fermenting though online, like take things as a guide, <laughs> not always as a hardcore, you know, this is what I must do, and then look around. So, okay, look, here's five sauerkraut recipes. Let's. Pick the medium because there are some really weird ones out there. <laughs> um, there's a, someone, it was a, I'm, like a, I'm going to call, call it a health practitioner clinic, posted one up and it was sauerkraut and they said, okay, you're going to add cabbage with water and salt and put it in a jar, leave it on your bench for 24 hours oh. and then put it in your fridge and it's fine for a year. Yeah, right. So I just made a wet salad. So no massaging. No massaging. And just, only just one day old. One day old. Yeah. Yeah. So a really... Wet salad. You know, my one of my sauerkrauts I just made, it's about seven months old. It just got good. Yeah. It just got good. Like I was like waiting, waiting, waiting. Yes. And then I'm like, it's here. No. But it is. It's temperature. It's what cabbages you've got, your little environment as to where you're fermenting. All those things make yeah. such a big difference. So, And some are good. Like some I can eat after a week or so, but at least a week and then I would keep fermenting it but maybe be picking out of it, you know. Like. Microbes change dramatically. So you've got a six, like a ripe sauerkraut is six weeks old and every week it grows from microbes. So it will have a particular family of microbes mm. and then they'll die off when the next ones take over and then they'll die when the next one. So each week it kind of changes and morphs into a different whole like microcosm of amazingness. So it depends on what your ailments are as to when it's more beneficial for you to eat. So little bubbles and stuff are better early on mm. and your adults are better later on. There was research I was reading that says the six-week fermentation of sauerkraut actually mimics our growth of our microbiome as yeah, adults. Cool. So if you were to start off with a young one, like a week-old one, that's more like your little babies. Yeah. And then you have two-week-old ones like your toddlers. And that's you amazing. So if you're an adult, you should be eating like mature sauerkraut. Yeah. Or if you're trying to heal your gut, you want to take Start, yeah. a week on one in your fridge and then Start a two-week on one, three-week on one, and your small portions, but those different microbes will change along the way and then your do- dominant LABs will be like super yeah. feisty in that last year. Do you have any classes coming up? Not till next year. We, uh, will you put them on your website when you do? I will. So awesome. I've got a run of six classes, all at the essential ingredient. Mm-hmm. They're really fun to play with. Um, have a really nice facility there and I don't have to wash the dishes. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> I love it. So um, there's six, there's going to be a masterclass, a whole cool. day class. So if someone wants to throw themselves in, yeah. um, they can go to the masterclass or individual ones that awesome. are broken down into And so categories. that information will come out new year? I think they will be posting that very soon. Okay. People are asking for Christmas yeah. presents. So yeah, essentially, cool. and I will link them all up awesome. on my website. Yep, awesome. We'll put all your details on the show notes as well. I can't thank you enough. I love talking about this stuff. Oh, and I, Running out of time. I know. I'll probably get you chance. in again if you have the time. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in, Jane. You're very welcome. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Mark Mostowal and Couch Presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Mostowal and Couch podcasts.